Nashville's Irish community on AM 1430 Fairchild Radio. Young lovers do. We strove through fields all wet with rain And back along the lane again And the sunshine In the summertime The way that young lovers do I kissed you on the lips once more And we said goodnight in your front door In the night time That's the right time To feel the way That young lovers do Well, we sat on our own star and dreamed of the way that we were and the way that we wanted to be. And we sat on our own star and dreamed of the way that I was for you when you were for me. And we long to dance the night away And turn into each other saying I love you I love you The way that young lovers do star and dreamed of the way that we were and the way that we wanted to be then we sat on our own star and dreamed of the way that i was for you and you were for me and we longed to dance the night away and turn into each other saying, I love you. I love you. The way that young lovers do. Lovers do. All right, good morning, folks. Welcome to Keologus Crack here, our last show in April. Where is the year going? Of course, that was the unmistakable voice of uh, Van Morrison. And um, I had a great um, I had a great easy week because uh, some of my guests in studio here were able to put together uh, my tunes for the day. So I can't be blamed for any bad music this week. 
And I'll tell you a little bit more about that and uh, do some introductions here in a second because it's a Sligo-free zone today. The man himself, Ken, is down following his son's soccer exploits in Columbus, Ohio. He might be listening in, but um, he won't be calling in this morning, so we'll have to hear how that all goes uh, next week. But as I alluded to uh, earlier, uh, the good news is I'm not alone in studio. I'm delighted to be joined in studio by uh, Joanne Carney and uh, Brendan Cal, both Irish Canadians and both very active in their own right in the Irish community. Brendan is a former um, St. Pat's player. I think we might have retired yet. You're not retired yet. You wanted to get that in anyway. <laughs> so I know a few people mentioned you might want to start considering what retirement looks like at this stage. So mm, yeah. I have a return every five years or so. So I <laughs> do one now. In All a few right. Years. And, uh, and Joanne, of course, is um, is on the board for the Ireland Fund of Canada. You're both very welcome to the studio. Thanks a lot for doing this. And um, the reason Joanne and Brendan are here today is to talk about what I what I would characterize as nothing short of a, an incredible story. And I look forward throughout the hour um, uh, learning a little bit more about it. Um, I really was flabbergasted when I heard um, you know what uh, you know heard your story, and so I think it's wonderful that the Irish community will hear it today. And um, and of course, you know, uh, underneath it all, there's a there's a greater cause here, which I know you want to talk about as well, um, uh, Joanne. Um, anyway, just before we get into some of that stuff and do some intros, um, just a little bit of uh, Ken and myself usually do a little bit of back and forth on some sports, so just to bring you up to speed on a few things. We've got our man Paul Dunn, who is having an incredible year uh, on the golf course. Uh, he's two strokes off the lead at the China Open, so we'll follow him today and see how he does. And also, um, all four of our Irish golfers have made the cut down in New Orleans at the Zurich Classic and um, Harrington and Lowry have teamed up together and they're playing together. It's a, The format is a team event. Um, and of course, uh, we haven't been talking about GAA very much over the last little while. This is kind of the, the calm before the storm and it all starts next weekend. The GAA kicks off with Sligo visiting London and uh, Leitrim and uh, are coming over to, uh, to New York. So a couple of um, off-island clashes next week. And, of course, it was a big week for rugby last week with um, uh, Leinster qualifying for the Champions League final. And we were all hoping for an all-Ireland rugby final, but unfortunately, um, Racing defeated Munster last Sunday. And um, Leinster uh, will now take on Racing in the final. And, um, of course, it was a very eventful week in Toronto, wasn't it, for sports lads, right? We had, unfortunately, it was a bit, um, bit polarising. Unfortunately, our Maple Leafs crashed out. They did us proud. And the post-mortem begins now on what that's going to look like next year. And, of course, TFC uh, were gutted by that uh, loss in a penalty shootout. But we got great news last night as the Raptors advanced to the next round of the... Um, the next round of the playoffs and uh, we'll all be hoping that LeBron comes to town so we can teach him a lesson or two. <laughs> all right. Pro 14 taking place today. Connacht are taking on Leinster and Munster are taking on Ulster and uh, I'll give you a bit of an update on some of the Premier League games that are going on. Uh, Liverpool were held scoreless to Stoke City with Stoke City this morning so my friend Ken won't be uh, very approachable here so I'll leave him alone now for a couple of days and um, let him simmer, but he's also very happy that his boys have a good lead going into the semi-final of the Champions League. Right, back to the studio here, and um, maybe formally introduce um, first of all, Joanne. You're very welcome. Thank you. Very, yeah. very excited to be here. Now, I've I dis- always had a dream to be on the radio. You have, I right? have. Okay, I have. so well, let's, let's hope I do okay. Yeah, <laughs> so far so good. Right, I've got this button here, and so if the bad word comes out, 
Okay, uh, I don't know how to use it though. I mean, okay. I've never had to use it. Hopefully you won't need to. But you never no, need no. To. And <laughs> we've had Tommy Tiernan on here. And so if I didn't have to use it for Tommy Tiernan, I think you're pretty, yeah, you're pretty safe. But um, I, I refer to you both as Irish Canadian, Joanne. So can you just maybe give us your, your connection? Sure. Yeah. I was born in Toronto, but my mum and dad are from Ireland. They mm-hmm. are from uh, Dublin, Meath and Donegal. So mm-hmm. I spent every summer back over in Ireland and, and, and really consider myself Irish as, as, much, as well as Canadian. So I'm lucky to have the best of both worlds. And um, have tried to stay involved in the community. I, I join the Ireland Fund Board and co-chair the lunch every year. So that's a nice way to celebrate being Irish and try to raise a bit of money to give back to the community. Wonderful, yeah. wonderful, good. Oh, it's a great event. I go to that event uh, <laughs> most years. It's, not, it's uh, not one to be missed. No, it's not one to be missed. And, uh, you know, it's interesting uh, through my work, I brought a, a, a table of people in. And so we've got this event and it's a St. Patrick's Day event. And I think I started it four years ago and now they're addicted to it. Like, when is it next year? When is it coming? We can't miss it. Right? The problem so, is you can never not invite them. Yeah, once, no, that's Once it. you bring them, they're, they're, <laughs> no, you know, they're there for good. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and Brendan, you're welcome as well. And um, you and I would have met on the football field a few times, although I think you might have been down at the other end of the field and I was at the fullback and you might have been up around the fullback line full, as well. All so the fullbacks, exactly. We would yeah. have just waved at each other yeah. as all the... As all the uh, the active stuff we happens, we have each other a couple of times as well. <laughs> Possibly, <laughs> Possibly. Uh, and your connection, Brendan. Uh, how did you get involved with the St. Pat's, or what's your? I mean, it's a very similar story. My father came over in the late '60s, so mm-hmm. you know, St. Pat's celebrating its 50th anniversary yeah. this year. So I think he was playing hurling for St. Pat's back in the very early days. Yeah. Um, my mom came over in the '70s. I got married in '77 or so. Um, and grew up like Joe, you know, going back to Ireland every summer, yeah. um, you know, spending my summers growing up there amongst yeah. the nettles and yeah. watching the German tourists take pictures of us, right. not knowing we were from Toronto. <laughs> um, so I got involved with the Pats in, in the late 90s. So I've been playing on and off for the past 20 years or so. Yeah. I uh, didn't play last year. I uh, played the year before. I think I might be playing next year again. Yeah, you had a good just reason. Just a, a fair warning. Year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Busy last year, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, Joanne, are you trying to get them to pack in the football altogether? Well, you know, I think he, it's great that he conti- continues to be a supporter, but yeah. maybe it is time to, uh-huh, to right. pass the torch to the younger lads, <laughs> although he's looking at me with, uh, with yeah. discreet disdain. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, um, we'll get into your story a little bit more here. We're going to play a bit of music and um, get the news from Ireland, and then we'll come back and we'll uh, get into some more details on the real reason you're here. Right. And um, Anyway, Brendan picked all the music this week. Um, I've got the Pogues lined up here. I haven't played the Pogues for a while, so um, I'm looking forward to this one. I think, yeah, what has we got? The Dark Streets of London? There's so many. Like, how did you want these songs? Like, why did you, like, are they all songs that you just, in your child, like... uh, Yeah, I mean, they're just uh, a long list of stuff that I listen to on and off and still do. Um, Or or start singing at 4 a.m. in pubs. Yeah. (laughs) The Pogues, like, there's such a long list, I don't know where to start, so... (laughs) Well, I will tell you that um, we had a close call today and you're very happy that this happened. But I was on the way out the door and I I forgot the music, the keys. And I was just thinking that this this would have been a moment where you would have had to start, you know, you're singing like like for an hour you'd been singing. So that's yeah, I'm told I'm told that that you might not have backed down from that. that. (laughs) All right. Let's go with the Pogues here. Spend all your time on the old man that was singing When the roses bloom again And 
turn like the leaves to a new summertime. Now the winter comes down, I can't stand the chill. The comes to the streets around Christmas time. I'm buggered to the nation, and I haven't got a penny to wander the dark streets of London. The Quinn family invite you to visit downtown Toronto's oasis of Irish hospitality at the Irish Embassy, 49 Young Street at Wellington, and PJ O'Brien's at 39 Colborne, just behind the King Edward Hotel. The Irish Embassy, a landmark of classic architecture, is your downtown destination for drinks, snacks, lunch, or dinner. Call 416-866-8282. And just around the corner, enjoy the local pub atmosphere of PJ O'Brien's, serving the best in pub fare and also your downtown venue for an intimate evening dinner. PJ's has live music every Friday and Saturday night. Call PJ's at 416-815-7562. All right, let's head to Ottawa now and get the news from Ireland. Good morning, Desmond. Good morning there, Mark, and it uh, sounds like you have a great full house there, and good morning, folks. Desmond DeVoy here with the news from Ireland. The news is brought to you by our good friends over at Aer Lingus. Here are the top stories that are making headlines in Ireland. Our top story this morning. Politics does indeed make for strange bedfellows, and that was very much in evidence during Friday's Irish Senate by-election, which saw, wait for it, 
a unionist elected to the upper chamber in Dublin. Ian Marshall, former president of the Ulster Farmers Union, was elected to fill one of two Seanad seats on Friday on the fourth count, defeating Fianna Fáil's Frank O'Flynn. Marshall ran as an independent after being first approached by Taoiseach Leo Varadkar to contest the election. Marshall, who also opposes Brexit, had the support of Sinn Féin. Yes, that's right, Sinn Féin endorsing a unionist to elected office. The second seat was won by Anthony Lawler, the former Fine Gael TD for Kildare North. Lawler was elected on the first count ahead of Neil Blaney, the former Fianna Fáil TD for Donegal North East, according to RTE News. Sinn Féin President Mary Lou Macdonald stunned some Republicans last Tuesday when she used the term Londonderry to describe Derry City. The former term is, term is preferred by unionists, the latter by nationalists. She has been trying to make inroads with unionists, meeting with a Presbyterian group on Monday and visiting the Ulster Scots Heritage Centre in Carrigan's County Donegal. Her Londonderry remarks were made in a video recording after meeting with Reverend David Latimer and members of his First Presbyterian, First Dairy Presbyterian Church congregation, according to the Belfast Telegraph. In sports news this morning, a Liverpool football fan was beaten so badly on Tuesday night that he remains in a coma. Sean Cox, 53, of Dunboyne, County Mead, was set upon by two Roma fans that night. He was beaten so badly he sustained a severe bleed to the head. Doctors at Walton Hospital will try to pull him out of his induced coma on Monday, according to the Irish Daily Mirror. He remains in, quote, stable but critical condition, and his wife is now at his bedside. The two Roma fans, meanwhile, appeared at South Sefton Magistrates Court on Thursday to be read their rights. Filippo Lombardi, 20, has been charged with violent disorder and wounding and inflicting grievous bodily harm. Daniele Schiosco, 29, has been charged with violent disorder. The Romans were refused bail and will be back in Liverpool Crown Court on May 24th. Cox is well known in Gaelic football circles and Liverpool will take one of his team's shirts into their changing room on Saturday before their Premier League game against Stoke. Well, an unusual crime story this morning about a man who broke the law so he could become a guardee. The Irish Times reports that an Asian recruit paid a lesbian from Eastern Europe 15,000 euros to take part in a sham marriage. By marrying a European Union citizen, it allowed him to live and work in Ireland. Three years after he wed, he applied to join the Garda Shikana. He passed all of his tests and he was offered a job with the guardee. He entered the Garda College in Templemore, County Tipperary, last November. Six months into his training, he was found out as part of an ongoing Garda investigation into sham marriages, and the Asian recruit promptly resigned his post. Interestingly, he had been highly regarded at the Garda College, and those who knew him were shocked. A criminal investigation is now underway. A file is being prepared for the Director of Public Prosecutions, and he now faces possible deportation. Well, in our local news matters section this week, we return to the southwest, to the province of Munster. In Limerick, Judge Marion O'Leary has criticized the mother of two young boys who strayed into the back garden of a woman's home. The Limerick Leader reports that the Limerick District Court judge dismissed an assault charge brought against the woman, who cannot be named for legal reasons, during an incident on August 24, 2016. The woman struck the 10-year-old friends, having become angry and agitated when they refused to leave her yard. The boys had entered the woman's back garden and were playing on swings in a trampoline. During her testimony, the woman said she took no notice of the boys at first, but that they were, quote, a bit cheeky and were, quote, acting the Egypt, messing, laughing and jeering. And she confronted them when they began to run around the house. Both boys admitted in video testimony with Gardie that they should not have been in her back garden. 
O'Leary said she was, quote, extremely concerned that the boys had been left alone for so long by their mother, and that, quote, this, in my view, is neglect and very questionable parenting. Unhappier story that Claire People reports that the Ennis Rugby Club will try to make history this Saturday when they take to the field in their first ever All-Ireland Final to be held in Mullingar County, Westmeath, for the national under-16 game against Tullow County Carlow. The Clare Champion reports that red deer have returned to the Bunratty Castle and Folk Park. A female deer, due to give birth in May, recently arrived and a young stag will be joining the two shortly. And finally, forget about the royal wedding next month. Harry and Meghan will wish they were invited to the nuptials of Ozzy and Joding, and Jody rather, at Ballancolleg Regional Park on May 13th. The Cork Evening Echo describes the wedding as, quote, the five-star wedding of the season, and in lieu of gifts, the couple is requesting donations to be made to the Irish Guide Dogs for the Blind, which is appropriate as the couple are themselves golden Labradors. And that was the news from Ireland for this week. The news is brought to you by our friends at Aer Lingus. Travelling to Ireland and Europe has never been easier with Aer Lingus's year-round direct service from Toronto to Dublin, with connections available from more than 10 Canadian cities to Dublin. Smartflies, Aer Lingus. Find out more online at www.airlingus.com. That's www.aerlingus.com. Now you're up to date. Now it's back to Toronto with the crowded house at Keolag's Crack. So until next week, folks, Slango Foil. I'm 
think of Irish tradition, what comes to mind? Live music, great hospitality, and a pub atmosphere of laughter and song imported from the Emerald Isle itself. And one of Ireland's greatest imports is the Keene family, serving up the finest fare and crack this side of County Galway since 1991 at the Galway Arms. The family-owned pub has been charming patrons since, well, last century, and as a result attracts some of the GTA's greatest Irish characters. Known far and wide for its chef-designed menu and traditional Irish music, it's also Toronto's home of Gaelic games live from Ireland on the big screens. You can like them on Facebook, and you're sure to like them in person. Visit thegalwayarms.ca to view daily specials. The Galway Arms, your home away from home, and not too far from home, at 838 the Queen's way in Etobicoke. Call 416-251-0096. Make a date and make it for the Galway Arms. All right, folks, welcome back to studio. That was actually uh, Damien Dempsey's rendition of Bannerstrand. Another good call there, Brendan. Well done. I'm sure I'll get all kinds of compliments uh, when the when the show is over. Um, so back to um, the subject at hand here, um, Joanne was kind enough to pass me on a little bit of uh, information here to give some context to why we've got Brendan and, and Joanne in here today. Um, I wasn't aware of this, but this week has been uh, Organ and Tissue Donation Awareness Week, and there's been a lot of activity encouraging Canadians to sign their organ donor cards, and so we'll definitely take an opportunity to do that for sure. Um, but that's also important because there are over 4,500 Canadians that are waiting for a transplant right now. It's either in kidney liver, lung, heart failure uh, for many, but the only chance at life is actually a transplant. And unfortunately, over 650 people will die waiting for an organ, um, and the waitlist for organs can be upward of seven years in some cases. That surprised me a lot. Um, and when you sign your organ card, you're giving authorization to donate your organs upon death. And of course, that can possibly save up to eight lives. Very impactful. And um, as you say, you can't take them with you when you're gone. That's a fair point. Um, but today we want to kind of um, hone in a little bit on another form of transplant that, that many people are not aware of. And I certainly uh, count myself as one of them. And that's something called living organ donation. And that's when a healthy living person donates a kidney or a portion of his or her liver to someone who is in need. And um, and that's where I really want to kind of pass it over to to uh, to you. And maybe I'll start with you, Brendan, um, because about 14 months ago, you donated your kidney to Joanne. So can you kind of tell us the story, like what um, perhaps you can get into some detail about you know, why that was necessary um, and just like walk us through the story here, because it's absolutely fun. It's it's fantastic. What's what's just happened here? Yeah, well, so, I mean, a little bit of background, um, you know, Joanne had, uh, had a, a kidney removed when she was very young. She had a reflux nephropathy. I think I pronounced that right. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you, you know, so we, we started dating 10 years, 12 years ago or so, whatever. And we knew that at some point in time, her kidney function would decrease to the point where she would need a transplant. Um, and loving Joanne as I do, um, you know, it was always going to be me. There yeah. was no doubt I was going to be the one to donate to jo- Joanne. But... You know, as you go through the process and you, you start to learn about, about kidney transplant and living organ donation, um, you hit some speed bumps along the way. And going through the process of determining whether I could donate to her, 
um, we realized that I wasn't, uh, you know, she would, her, she would reject her immune system would reject my kidney. Okay. So that was a big adjustment for us, um, trying to understand what to do next. Um, and luckily, we live in Canada. Uh, you know, Canada has the leading organ uh, and transplant uh, specialists and researchers in the world. And, and we got an option that was something that we didn't know about and many people we know don't know about, um, which kind of totally changed the story. Mm-hmm. What we ended up doing is we ended up um, getting put it into an algorithm, essentially, a, uh, a matching program that opened up a whole library of other incompatible pairs. So other people who, like me, needed a kidney and like Brendan were willing to give, but they weren't a match for each other. And um, this computer works for two weeks to come up with the best, the, best, the best versions of matches. And we ended up being matched with a kidney that what my immune system thinks is almost identical to me. So yeah. really, really lucky. It means that I got a kidney that's going to last longer um, in, in the post-transplant life and is going to need less immunosuppression, so need less medicine to prevent my immune system from attacking it. So we, um, we went into a, a, a paired exchange of, that's facilitated by Canadian Blood Services with 12 other people, and yeah. six, people got a, six people got a new kidney. So a new lease on life, a transformed life, and really saved their lives. And then six really selfless individuals like Brendan gave up their kidney. And um, it's this really amazing program because not only did Brendan give to me, he allowed his gift, allowed five other people to have a transformed life, and often... To, uh, three quarters of these types of chains that happen across mm-hmm. Canada, there's usually someone involved from the waiting list who's been yep. waiting maybe up to seven years for a kidney. Yeah. And they get put into this matching program because there might be someone who said, hey, I want to give, but I don't have anyone to give to. Yeah. And they bring in the waiting list. So your gift goes even even further than you think. And right. it's this really amazing program that is a cross collaboration. Yeah. You might be flying, your, your kidney might be flown to Vancouver or right. a donor might be flown out to um, a center in Quebec. And it, it's this, this program that works really well in Canada because we have a focused healthcare system on outcomes. How can we give people a transplant that lasts for life if possible? Right, right. Um, it's all very poetic as well because I got admitted to hospital last year on Valentine's Day. Yeah. And our surgeries were the days that followed. So I'm a very, very lucky individual to have Brendan who, uh, who, who was willing to give up his kidney and, and to, do, to do this great sacrifice in order to, yeah. to let me live for, you know, hopefully never 30 years or more. Yeah. I think I have a three-year buy on roses. Yeah. <laughs> I told him this Valentine's Day. He didn't pass. need to get me anything because the kidney's still working really, really well. <laughs> so in terms of the, um, you know, in, in terms of the, let's call it the swap, right? Mm-hmm. The exchange, for want of a better word. What's the time frame within when it all happened? Did did you have to donate um, on a Thursday and on a Friday your operation? Like, like or is there, are we talking about just a longer period of time? I mean, was there an optimal time for you to receive the to receive the the transplant? So, um, when you do when you go through a living organ donation yeah. process, you do have a bit more control and timing versus if you're on the deceased list, waiting for someone to um, to donate the organs after death. So you can plan it, which means that we planned it so I wouldn't have to start dialysis. Okay. I, I was very lucky. I had a very pro, you know, long progressive kidney disease. Yeah. So I'm relatively healthy. I was yeah. very healthy going into um, end-stage kidney failure. And our goal b- was to try to avoid dialysis because dialysis is an amazing treatment for, for people who aren't candidates for transplant or who don't have a match. Yeah. But it also, it is a lifestyle change. And it yeah. is, over the long term, it does, its outcomes um, can get 
not as strong as transplant. And because yeah. I'm relatively young in, in yeah. the transplant world, for me, a transplant was the best. So from a timing perspective, having a living donor makes it easier. Yeah. Then we had to do the matching. So you take a little bit of timing out of your control because it has to work for the, the computer systems and have to work for the 12 people in your chain. Right. And then the hospitals are very, very um, focused on making sure that it's all done um, the right way. And it is all happens through within 48 hours. So it's 12 surgeries happening across the country in 48 hour time in a 48 hour time frame. Yeah. Um, we ended up having our surgeries a day a day apart. Yeah. Um, I went first, and then Brendan. But that is that is unusual. Yeah. They do tend to try to have the the, the donor surgery first. Yeah, I was looking at flights to Ecuador that evening. <laughs> it was an, inter- an interesting experience going second, but yeah, obviously no doubts at all. So f- in terms of the, um, so for you, uh, are there any, um, this is probably the burning question people had. Did, did you have to make any changes to your life um, as a result of donating? Are there things that you couldn't do after you did that? or No, absolutely not. Yeah. I mean, Everybody has to live a healthy lifestyle, so that's that's important for for, yeah. for everybody. But you know, I was two weeks off work. Yeah. Um, in the third week, I went back to work, which yeah. might have been oh, a bit it, early. You do yeah. say now, maybe you should have taken a bit more time. Um, <laughs> but you know, by the fourth week, it was kind of normal work, and you know, after six weeks, I was playing squash, yeah. I was swimming, wow. you know, working out. So it really, um, it was a break in yeah. life, and, yeah. and that was one of the most amazing things about it. Right? Is yeah. is you know, from the donor's perspective it's one of those few times in life yeah. when this is the absolute most important thing you can do. Sure. Right? Yeah. And, and it's like a sabbatical from everything. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and like that experience and like seeing how Joe's life would completely transformed, like I feel like I was the one who's given the gift. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, like I have my Jojo back yeah. stronger than ever. Yeah. Right? And and this, this special period in life, I, I like, you know, I've said, if I had a third kidney to give, yeah. just tell me when. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's 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 an unbelievable gift for the donor to be able to do this. Yeah. And that's one of the things that we want to talk about is that, you know, people need to think about living organ donation now. Mm-hmm. You know, they need to get it into the into the mindset because yeah. everybody will meet someone who needs a kidney, who needs a liver. Yeah. You know, through yeah. your life, you definitely will. Yeah. So think about the great opportunity of giving now. Um, so right. you don't have to have that difficult conversation later on. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful. Mark, I have to add that it was three months <coughs> post, post-transplant, post the start of the GAA season, yeah. and Brennan was threatening paying GAA last summer. <laughs> so, yeah. we all, all, all the families had to hold him back because he's that committed to the GAA. So, you know, the St. Pat's team was... Uh, Understood, though. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, we'll, uh, we'll get on here with a bit bit of music um, and then um, a few more questions for you about this. Um, I think it's it's absolutely incredible. So hang tight here and we'll play another one of your tunes here, Brendan. See, the way I'm disowning the tunes just yeah, in case something really goes wrong. All the blame I'll take complete, all the blame. complete credit for them. I didn't for them pick any weird yell Yankovic, at least. So that's no, 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 uh, no. I was thinking about it. All right. Here's Raglan Road. On Raglan Road Of an autumn day I saw her first And knew That her dark hair Would weave a snare that I might one day rule I saw the day 
danger and I passed along the enchanted way and I said let grief be a fallen leaf at the dawning of the day on Grafton Street in November we tripped lightly along the ledge of a deep Ravine where can be seen the worth of passion's pledge. The Queen of Hearts still making tarts, and I'm not making hay. Oh, I loved too much. And by such, by such is happiness thrown away. I gave her gifts of the mind, I gave her the secret sign that no to the artists who have known the true gods of sound and the stone and word and tint without stint I gave her poems to say with her own And her own dark hair Like clouds over fields of May On a quiet street Where old ghosts meet I see her walking now Away from me so hurriedly my reason must allow that I had loved not as I should a creature made of clay when the age The clay he'd lose his wings at the dawn of day. All right, there you go, Luke Kelly, um, a classic, unmistakable voice of Luke Kelly. All right, I got a little note there from Ethna Heffernan, Heffernan, and she wanted to uh, let everybody know that on Sunday, May the 27th, 
Um, there, there's an Irish concert and afternoon tea being held in support of St. Vincent de Paul, and that's taking place at 2.45 p.m. at Holy Rosary Church. That's at 354 St. Clair Avenue West. That's on Sunday, May the 27th, Irish concert and afternoon tea, $20 admission and $15 for seniors. So way to go, Etna. That's in, uh, to support St. Vincent de Paul. Um, so back in studio here with um, Brendan and Joanne. And um, a question about the anonymity aspect of this. Um, before the show started, you know, I asked, you know, do you have a relationship with with the other, um, <clears throat> if you want to call it the uh, parties, if you will, but um, you don't know who they are. Um, that's what you kind of enter into. They're, it's completely anonymous. Can you kind of just help us understand that a bit? Yeah, when you go through the matching program, you um, it's facilitated by the Canadian Blood Services, mm-hmm. and a lot of it is led through Toronto General Hospital, which is the largest transplant center in North America. So yeah. they work together to make sure it is anonymous. Yeah. So you re- you eliminate potential conflicts of interest, or you eliminate um, uh, concerns around uh, privacy, mm-hmm. and they they really make sure that it remains anonymous and. Um, I, we kind of talked about that originally at the beginning. You know, is it weird to get a kidney from someone else or to give to someone you don't know? But in some regards, um, I'm totally fine with it because yeah. my Brendan gave his kidney. So in some ways, he is my donor. Yeah. I don't have his physical kidney, yeah. but I have someone who I can um, appreciate, thank, and, and you know, have the utmost respect for every day. But then know that there is someone else out there that yeah. helped make this happen. Yeah. And you, know, you, you hope and you, you wish them the best, but... For me, I think it's okay that it's anonymous. Yeah. That you know that you've trans, you my life has been transformed mm-hmm. through their gift, and and um, that's what I'm happy knowing. I mean, yeah. Brendan, what do you think? Well, I mean, I think the anonymity uh, aspect is, you know, there are people who are altruistic donors. You know, mm-hmm. with these chains that we've been talking about yeah. through the kidney paired exchange, they're often <clears> kind <throat> of supercharged by an anonymous altruistic donor who just says, "I can give a kidney, I can give a liver, yeah. right?" And I'm willing to do that without getting anything in return at all. Yeah. You know, yeah. I've got my Jojo back. Yeah. You know, there's incredible true heroes yeah. who do this out of the, the absolute, you know, yeah. blessedness of their heart. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and that's the kind of anonymity that should be focused on in on this. Yeah. Is that there are saints out there who do this. And yeah. they're extraordinary. And that's again an opportunity for people to th- something to think about. Yeah. Um I would <clears throat> it's beyond my on my pay grade to, to yeah. think about doing that, but um, yeah, they're they're incredible. Yeah, well, that's uh, very well articulated. And so, if we have a listener out there who is, um, you know, wh- where does age factor into this? Are you are you likely to have a healthier organ if you're a younger person versus an older person, or is it likely that somebody in their sixties is still likely like a saint? Uh, <laughs> Uh, who's uh, 65 years of age could decide, you know what, um, I'd like to do this. Um, does age matter? Um, it, it doesn't matter as much as you might expect. Yeah. Um, you know, organs kind of age at different uh, at different ages or different yeah. rates than the rest of the body. Um, so that's important to know as well in that, you know, even if you're a little bit older, that mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you can't be a very good donor for, yeah. for somebody that you love, right? Right, yeah. Um, the hurdles to be a living donor are very high. Yeah. So, I mean, that's another thing to consider as well, is that if you consider donating, yeah. you'll only be allowed to donate yeah. if you're in incredible health and well able to do so. So yeah. the hospital is looking out for your interest as a donor I see. I see. Uh, as much as possible as well. Yeah, wonderful. 
All right. Well, listen, we'll pile in here with another bit of music and then I'm going to do the calendar of events and um, then we will, um, you know, have a chat to kind of finish off the show. I mean, the hour flies, as I said. Mm -hmm. So, all right, here we go, Brenda. Another one of your tunes. Uh, She moved through the fair. Here we go. Guinness Hop House 13, all the way from the Open Gate Brewery at St. James Gate in Dublin. Double hopped for a more flavourful lager, from the first sip to the crisp finish. 
earning its name from the original Hophouse 13 at St. James Gate. Available at select pubs and now arriving across Canada in 500ml cans. Guinness Hophouse 13. More hops, more taste, more character. All right, Guinness Community Calendar of Events. And um, just wanted to start by um, letting everybody know that the St. Pat's Football Club have arranged a mass in memory of Father Jerry Scott and also other deceased members of the St. Pat's Club. Um, and Father Scott was the first president of the club and um, unfortunately some of the players have also lost close family and friends over the past few months so they're having a mass uh, in their honour uh, tonight um, or this evening uh, that's uh, April 28th at St. Patrick's Church on McCall Street that's 131 McCall Street and that's taking place at um, 5 o'clock this evening Europe Day 2018 the Ireland-Canada Chamber of Commerce um, is a member of UCAN the European Union uh, Chamber of Commerce Canada please join them that board and members of its annual Europe Day celebration the event will feature a panel discussion on Canada's trade pattern in the wake of uh, CETA and the renegotiation of NAFTA cocktail reception to follow that's taking place on Wednesday May the 2nd from 5 to 8 p.m. and that's down at Borden Ladner Gervais LLP um, re-registration for that is mandatory the event is free to attend and also the Irish Club in Mississauga presents the music of Paul McCartney followed by the hits of Elvis that's on Friday May the 11th at 8pm that's a $25 cover charge for that one Brendan's in studio today he's pitched it already but the big night St. Pat's GAA 50th anniversary join them for a night of fun friends celebrations and memories it's taking place on May the 12th May the 12th, that tickets include a four-course meal, a premium open bar, entertainment by the O'Deadleys and Hugo Strani. Tickets are $125. Um, and um, contact Lorraine Morley at yahoo.ca. That's Lorraine Morley at yahoo.ca. Uh, Lorraine mentioned to me that um, this is almost sold out. So if you are one of those folks listening, saying, oh, I'll, I'll wait till the last minute, just be very careful. You could get locked out. So... Um, that is almost sold out, so congratulations to them. The Chieftains Golf Tournament is going to take place on May the 26th. That is, that's at Annandale Golf Club at 8 a.m. It's $110 per golfer and includes a steak dinner. Um, there are uh, sponsorship packages available for that as well. Save the date for the annual dance weekend. Contact Geraldine at 416-573-1205 uh, or Mary at 905-330-7972. That's taking place on May 25th, 26th and 27th. The annual Walk to the Stone uh, for more than a century, the ancient order of Hibernians have hosted the Irish community of Montreal on the last Sunday in May as they dedicate the annual Walk to the Stone to those 6,000 plus Irish souls buried at the Black Rock. May 27th at St. Gabriel's Church, at, that's at 2157 Centre Street, Montreal, um, that is in Montreal. Uh, the 10.30 walk begins and um, join them afterwards. For details on that, call, call Alan at 416-402-3729. And the Irish Cultural Society of Toronto welcomes you to get to know the entrants vying to represent Toronto at the Rosa Tree Festival in Tralee this August. The winner will be announced at the 54th annual Toronto Rosa Tree Selection Ball taking place on June 2nd at the King's Garden Banquet Centre. That's near Islington and the Queensway. Individual tickets are $90 and includes reception, um, three-course meal, open bar, and there's also an early bird table special, $850 for a table of 10. That's only until May 18th. 
Contact Patrick Canavan, 416-206-8670. And the Ireland-Canada Chamber of Commerce in Toronto uh, Golf and uh, Social Society are starting early this year in the hopes of building momentum through the season. The 2018 Captain Rory O'Donovan, and that's taking place on June the 2nd at Don Valley Golf Course. Men and women, welcome. Contact Rory at rory50 at gmail.com. All that information is available at www.saturdayirishradio.com. Um, and that's the Guinness Community Calendar of Events. Lots of stuff going on in the community. And uh, great news that the St. Pat's event is almost sold out there, Brendan. So um, you got your you got your table in there, do yep, you? Yeah, we do. Looking forward to it. All right. Very good. Um, so just um, uh, wanted to, you know, we want to do a little bit of a call out here, a, a call to action on on how if somebody is interested in, and um, how do you even how do you even go about doing this? I'm sure it's they've made it as easy as possible, but they have. How, how somebody somebody wants to uh, donate an organ, like where where. Well, so thank you for having us on first to um, help talk about it during Organ Donation Awareness Week. I think we have two sort of call to actions for, for those listening this, this morning. One is simple. Sign your organ donation card. Mm-hmm. That's something that every Canadian can do, and, and it's not it, you don't have to think about it after that. Yeah. And um, that will have the potential to sort of transform a lot of lives. But what really struck us through learning about this and going through it and even being someone who lived with kidney disease, I didn't know how, how widespread it was. There's 50,000 Canadians living with either kidney or liver failure today. Yeah. And only 2,200 are going to get a transplant this year. Less than half will get one from a living organ donor. So we were really struck by that and thought, we have a long wait list here in Canada. And in many parts of the world, there's a long wait list. How can we help alleviate that? Right. And living donation is an option. So we're not really saying go out and donate your organs. We're saying go out and talk about it. Talk about it with your loved ones who might be living with kidney or liver disease, about how they're feeling, about what their future looks like, yeah. so that they know that there are options, mm-hmm. so that they have the opportunity to talk about it, and maybe someone will come forward in their life and, and donate it and be willing to donate an organ. So what we're doing is we're helping Toronto General Hospital launch the world's first Center for Living Organ Donator donation that will do just that. Wonderful. Help people learn about the options, help people talk about the option, and, and therefore help alleviate the wait list yeah. and help save and transform more lives. So really just get informed and yeah. and um, um, know that there are, are many ways to treat these, these organ diseases and yeah. tra- living organ donation transplantation is one of them. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, listen, uh, you were also kind enough to give me some, um, this is an Irish radio show after all, but you're interest in, interested in some of the um, transplant information that you provided about yeah. Ireland as well, that there are three, 308 transplants take place in, took place in Ireland last year, um, and only 51 of them came from a, a living organ donor. Mm-hmm. The rest from um, it's incredible. Yeah, so they have very similar statistics that we have here yeah. in Canada. Yeah. But it is worth noting that the center that we're at, we're helping with at Toronto General Hospital has um, very sim- very much similar sort of approach to what Belfast City Hospital is doing right. over in Ireland and uh, over in Northern Ireland, and um, they uh, they definitely have some very sort of forward thinking views on yeah. on organ donation in Ireland. Yeah. Just it's a small population and, and they don't have quite as big centers as we have here. And yeah. Um, but the Irish are uh, certainly at the forefront of transplantation, like we are here in Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, listen, I think it's fantastic. I really appreciate you guys coming in to do this, and what a great message to get out, um, Brendan. I, I, like our. Uh, I, I just think it's incredible what you've done, right? And you both, I mean, it's a radio show. We don't have a camera in here. You both look incredible. And, um, you know, I wish people could see that, right? Because it uh, it truly is a remarkable story. And, and you know, 
I, I don't know how you say congratulations, but it's just it's just a remarkable story. And it's, uh, everyone's a winner, right? Yeah, uh, everyone is a winner. Yeah, so and I think it's wonderful, and and hopefully, like if even just one person listening decides to just to, like like then that that's just a massive step forward. Absolutely, so, congratulations! And um, you know, we're going to go out here with a. Your mum is from a place called Cahir Savine, Cahir Savine, down in way down South Kerry, and, and in the uh, open air asylum, as John B. King <laughs> used to call it. So, <laughs> well, we're going to go out here with a uh, with a tune called uh, "The Boys of Barnestroida." All right, and uh, is this. The only Cahir Savine song that you know or that's out there? Uh, there's, there's a few, <laughs> but this is probably one of the only suitable ones. Um, it's about the high street in, in Cahir Savine, All right. uh, up by in that town. So okay, it's, uh, it's, wonderful. It's a goodie down there. Guys, thanks for doing this. Thank you. All right, it was thanks a blast. So okay. Oh, the town of Kynes, the Looks out upon the sea and sleeping time or waking, tis there I long to be to walk again that kind street, the place where life began. I, boys, born ashore. Went hunting far around With cudgels stout We roamed about To hunt the We searched for birds In every fern From water to doom We sang for joy beneath I found no print or plough And we boys born shoulder A hunting far around And when the hills were bleeding And the rifles were aflame To the rebel home of Kerry, the Programming for our Irish community can be heard every Saturday from 11 a.m. to noon. This is AM.